time. It's time to hit the ice, Penguin fans. Chris Mack has you covered with all the news and notes surrounding, surrounding your Penguin. Only on 5th Avenue Faceoff. And welcome in to another edition of 5th Avenue Faceoff. You know where to get it. You follow us. Inside your Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y, and the newest episodes come right to you as soon as they're ready to download, or wherever you get your podcast for that matter. Make sure you're subscribed, make sure you're listening, of course, downloading and listening, and rate and leave a review as well through whatever service you're using to get Fifth Avenue Face Off. By all means, rate the podcast on the quality of the podcast and not the quality of the play of the Penguins the last week or so. My God, uh, Eric Tangrady with me. I'm Chris Mack, by the way. Follow us on Twitter uh, and get instant reaction uh, to what is happening with this team because it hasn't been pretty, Tango. First of all, how are you? Hopefully you're doing better than this team is right now. No, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, man, it's just, it's been, um, you know, I think in life and everything, we're all just striving for consistency. And I think that's all we're looking for from a, from a sports standpoint as well. It's like we, you know, one step forward, a couple steps back and, uh, we we discussed this road trip, felt pretty good about how things were leaving the, the West Coast and then to come back at some games at home and not just take care of business. And I mean, last night you hear the news that Barzell's out and you're like, OK, like, like, let's send a message right now. This is a right. game like we absolutely should win. And it was just you just kind of felt it as the game went on. You're just waiting, like we get a little too comfortable, a little too comfortable. And then boom, before you know it, the game's over and another loss. Yeah. And I'm glad you mentioned that because Josh Yoey of The Athletic brought it up. Yes, Sid point blank last night after the loss to the Islanders. Are you guys a fragile bunch? And emotionally, mentally, with everything that's starting to stack up on the shoulders pressure wise, of the stars of this team. Yeah, they've been through the battles before. They've got three cups to show for it, but the depth lines aren't producing offense. They've lost three in regulation now in a row, which you're losing these games in hand that were supposed to be of your benefit in the standings. Uh, You've got the worst uh, record in the league, I think, when it comes to protecting third period leads. And you've lost nine in a row in the Metro division. Uh, Tango, I don't know how... Look, I understand. Again, they've been through a lot of ups and downs before, and they're going to try and remain even keeled. But I don't understand how you pulled the nose up on this thing uh, without there being some sort of major message sent to the boys in the room by Ron Hextall in the next week to 10 days. For sure. Uh, we talk about confidence uh, in that locker room. We talk about the, 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 the stats when having a third period lead. Um, you want to have that feeling, the feeling that we all remember, those Penguins teams where it was, you know, a one-goal game in the third, all that pedigree, all that experience, like game's over, especially at home. Um, so it's something to be weary of. And the, and the fact that that is the consistent part of what's been happening, there isn't really, you know, we talk about maybe locker room-only meetings and leadership leading by example and um, the bottom six you know, having a hard time finding a way to be like that, that impact that we need in these games. I, yeah, a message is definitely something that needs to get sent, whether it's this, you know, we talk about, they don't need a catastrophic move, but I just think they need something to, to spark the club to get them, uh, you know, o- over that hurdle. Yeah. And, and I guess that's the next question then that spins off of that. Cause when you talk about not necessarily having to make a, a mammoth sized move and, who knows? They might not have the resources and the cap space available to make a major move at the deadline. The next question that comes up in a lot of people's minds is, well, 
what are we doing it for then just to get bounced in the first round again? And I don't know if there's enough out there for them to do Like, it, it, look, we obviously, when you decide to bring back uh, Malkin and Latang and extend rust and bring Raquel back and all of these guys that are uh, right on the precipice of 30 or much older than that, you're saying we're all in on now. So you have to do something at the deadline. I get it. But I, I don't know if Ron Hextall has it in him. Uh, to, to make uh, the kind of move that does anything more than just eke this team back into the playoffs for a 17th straight year, and then they get bounced in five games by Boston. We, we really, as, as a fan base, we don't really know what the direction uh, where the team is headed. I think when you look at Ron Hextall and, and him being a newer GM here, um, you don't want to say that his job's on the line, but you don't, you know, I don't know if he's the, the future as a three to five year general manager to go through a rebuild. So you, you sign those veterans to some of those extended deals that put you in win now mode, but some of the pieces aren't adding up to, to, to prove that model. So uh, it'd be very interesting to see, you know, as a fan base, I sit here as a fan and look at it like maybe we just try to get some assets and build for the future, something that's never happened here in Pittsburgh, mm -hmm. but just being satisfied, being a, a team to continue a record of a playoff streak is not kind of what the tradition of Penguins hockey is built around. Yeah, it almost makes you wonder, Eric, if if you if you do just enough to get into the playoffs this year um, and you're Ron Hextall, can you get Brian Burke or whoever's in charge at Fenway to give you a little bit more leash and say, hey, just get me to the offseason so I can get out from underneath these these bottom six forwards and maybe try to spin some things forward with a little more cap space. That's what I, my argument would be, I think, if I were Hextall and I'd put myself in this situation. But again, I, I, I don't know if that's if that's going to be enough for fans. Cause I think fans want to have a clear direction of either we're all in or we're going to tear it down as much as you can around 87, 71 and 58. I got one question to sort of lighten the mood for you after one more legit hockey question. And that legit hockey question is the scrap at the end of the second period against the Islanders on Monday night. First of all, I love Jason Zucker and the way this guy has played this year. He's been all blood and guts, pure energy, exactly the kind of guy that if you went out and got someone for the top six, I wouldn't hesitate to slide him down into a third line role because he'd be energy. He'd be, uh, you know, momentum, all of that with a scoring touch that he's refound this year. Now that he's healthy on a consistent basis. But I guess from your perspective, did that, did that turn the tide in the Islanders favor? Because they get the trade off there, right? Malkin, Latang, Pedersen, Zucker all go off Zucker for 10 minutes and instead, you know, Johnston, Martin, a couple other pluggers for the Islanders get sent off. And that seems like the perfect trade-off if I'm the Islanders to get some of the energy back on my side after I've been dominated for 40 minutes. Yeah, absolutely. I, that That's exactly what we talk about momentum. Sometimes momentum doesn't just necessarily mean like somebody's being aggressive, you know, like it, it, unwritten rule in hockey. When you're when your back's against the wall and your team's struggling, somebody drops their gloves or shows that side of commotion or energy like that's a spark. Like he cares. He wants to win. This is good for our club. But there's also times in a game where you have to kind of pick your spots and when to do those types of things. So when you look at trade-offs back back in the early 2010s and then when the Islanders weren't very relevant, like that's all they tried to do to beat the Penguins is let's mm -hmm. find a way get under the top player's skin. Let's trade off that, you know, any bottom six guy we can for one of their top six guys to try to balance the, we'll call it balance the sheet of the lines. And, and that's something, regardless of the energy, the spark that he thought we were providing for, for the Penguins, like that's a win for them and 
totally shifted the momentum into their favor where it's like, no, let's let them, let's stop with the net front. Let's take the punches. Let's get back on the power play and let's just, let's bury this team. And instead of, yes, we care, let's be aggressive and put ourselves in that situation to, to be in the box. Yeah, I understand the delicate balance. You want to stick up for your stars, especially because guys have been running Crosby most of the night. And again, I love Zucker's energy and what he brings, and I love the fire and passion from Malkin, but it was not the trade-off they needed at that point in the game, and I think it worked in the Islanders' favor, given that Matt Martin, like him or not, is an expert in this field, has been doing it for, it feels like a decade in the league. Um, so before I let you run, this is we got to lighten the mood just a little bit, because if we don't, we're going to lose our minds. I saw something today. There's a news story out about going to a four-day work week, okay? So I'm asking Eric Tangrady, you get to add one day to the weekend. Which day are you adding? Wow. Wow. It's tough. I, 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 you know, if we're going to start letting people have four-day weeks, let's be picky with it. And let's say in the fall, we're getting Monday because of football. And then in the spring, like right when daylight savings hits, we hit Friday. Oh man, I love that little I, little transition. Like, oh, it's football season. Everyone's getting Monday, and then once the groundhog comes out, we get daylight savings again, and 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 spring forward, we'll go back, and you get Friday. Man, that is the kind of outside the box thinking the Penguins front office needs right now. Hire this man right now. <laughs> Good stuff, Tango. I appreciate you doing it today. Catch it. We'll do it. I know our schedule's a little wonky because the game schedule this week, but we'll do it again on Friday if it's cool with you. And uh, thanks for making the time today, man. We'll catch up soon. No, thank you, and thanks to all the people listening. Um, it's exciting to kind of get this thing launched. And um, like you mentioned, feedback's encouraged. If there's a segment they want us to start talking about and something that we can add a different element, and and, and we're I think we're all ears to see we absolutely. Thing so. Uh, it's been a fun ride so far, and I look forward to continue it, hopefully into the playoffs. Great stuff, as always, from Tango. I love that. the idea. I love the idea of the three-day weekend shifting once daylight savings time comes in. He's he's an innovator. I'll give Eric Tangrady that, if nothing else, and also a survivor of the battles against the Islanders years ago. We all remember the old Valentine's Day massacre out on Long Island. Uh I know one guy who definitely remembers it, and he'll join us next. Penguins historian. He's definitely up on what's going on with the current roster. Bob Grove will join us next on Fifth Avenue Faceoff.